Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well and welcome to the first of four weeks of the multi-buy. The Blue Dots, <laughs> yeah, they're back, but best 18 on field and plenty of things to get through on this roundtable strategy episode. Joining me as he has right throughout, not just this season, but ever since the Coaches Panel started. i got Rids on. Hello, mate. How are you? You know the best thing about Blue Dots, MJ? What's Because Blue and red together look like a fire engine when the siren goes. You clearly have a, a, a child at a certain age that's made you notice that. So that that's not bad from you. That is the quality of what you got to get on this episode. Minimark is also back. Hello, mate. How are you? Not too bad. You know what else blue and, blue and yeah. red makes? Makes purple. Oh, yes. Okay. That's fair enough. The, so, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where we're heading throughout this episode. Uh, round 12 is upon us. If you have Brisbane, Sydney, Fremantle or St Kilda players, they are ineligible for you to score. They can be very helpful for you for vice-captaincy and captaincy loopholes. You can trade them at any point during this round. In fact, you can do it anytime you like. There is plenty of things we want to get through. One of the reasons we held off 24 hours on bringing you this podcast is... There was a thought that maybe some teams would bring some pain and or some relief for fantasy coaches. Uh, Chincotta back in is probably the greatest news for some that have maybe got a Sicily injury, a Darcy, um, uh, sorry, a Sicily suspension, a Darcy injury, maybe some others that have kind of brought some pain point through there. But, but Rids, for the most part... The Thursday night team selection didn't really bring a whole heap of pain or relief for coaches. And, you know, everyone who listens to this must be cheering for us to do Thursday night sessions for the rest of the year because we've done it twice now and we've had no carnage, mate. Well, if we want to keep that now, now, next week, I think into the buy rounds deeper, there are Thursday night games. So we'll, we'll certainly return back to Wednesday night, uh, Thursday mm. morning drops for you. But uh, yeah, I, I think. Mini Monk, Chincotta's in is a nice slice of luck, and that's just injury luck that's gone your way. Uh, but really beyond Alex, it's pretty much been what you thought you'd have from Wednesday. That's post-review uh, of suspensions. It has been given us a 48-hour window to plan and prep our trades. Yeah, I don't think this had to be a huge amount of pivoting from coaches after seeing these teams. Chincotta in might have changed some teams' plans, but... I think an A for fantasy has been pretty traded out. There might be, you know, 20% of teams that still have him. I think it's a bit higher in Supercoach and Dream Team as well. But, you know, he's a nice dot that you can probably loop on or play on your field if you're getting a bit low in numbers. And aside from that, really, it's just what you've planned for through the rest of the week is probably what you're going with coming into Friday night. Yep, it's really true. I want to talk about cash cows again. I feel like almost more than any other year, and maybe it's recency bias, but I feel like this year has been the conversation that people have always sent us through our Patreons or, or right throughout social media have been like, boys, we, we want you to have a conversation about cash cows. And you're hearing a lot of people saying, where are the cows? Definitely an AFL fantasy. That's the big question of the week. Where are the cows? Dream Team and Supercoach? 
You've got some buyers on the bubble this week in Ford and Wardlaw. Um, you could probably th throw Briggs into that. If you really want to stretch the friendship, you could you could probably throw that in. But but Rids, it, I suppose it's format dependent and team dependent, but in part it's not as bad as everyone's alluded to. No, I don't think so. Um, it's just that you're actually paying up a lot more than what we're used to. Um, so, and that's not a bad thing either. That's We're still generating the same amounts of cash. Like We're just not doing it in the old traditional ways of one down, one up. Sometimes we might have to shift a little bit left. Sometimes we might have to slightly adjust and go down a little bit, take a bit of cash. But what blows my mind though, MJ, on this is people are not willing to adjust that and then they're not willing to adjust their thought process of spending that money on the upgrade. You know what I mean? So if you just take that upgrade down a level, then you can actually go up a next level on the rookie that you're targeting to bring in. Yeah. And it's interesting that we've seen this now, not just this week, Mini Monk. It's been a trend we've seen over the past couple of weeks. It was Bailey Humphrey probably about a month ago, Dylan Williams about a month ago. It was... These were the guys who go, no, I don't want to pay up for the cows. And then there's a lot of blind leaping into untried, untested guys that unfortunately, for the most part, haven't really delivered on, on investment early leaps. There's always a player that you want to bring in a specific week because they have the matchup, because they have the role, because they have the price, because they have the break even. But I had to say it, tough luck. You can't always bring in the play that you want to bring in in a particular week. It doesn't work like that. There's a lot of people that would want to be bringing in, oh, I want to get Laird. I want to get Merritt. I want to get McRae this week. I want to have a team of full premiums. It just can't happen. So sometimes you've just got to tailor the upgrade that you're making to the player that is there and available for you. This is why the likes of Atkins, Fiorini, Hobbs, Day, they've been popular picks through this year, not because they've been players that we see as top sixes or keepers. Now, you know, in the likes of someone like Day, he potentially could be. But it's because these players have been allowing you to generate cash, generate the points on field, and push that problem off until, you know, probably about now, when most teams are probably looking to make those final upgrades, start to get towards a fully completed team, culling the last bit of fat off of those rookies. And the thing is, if you went for those micro upgrades, you went for the likes of Hobbs, and you got Dylan Williams at the same time. You went for the likes of Atkins, but you got Humphrey at the same time. You have the rookies to be able to cull now. Whereas if you didn't pay up for those rookies, you didn't go up to the likes of Williams, Wardlaw, um, Humphrey, you don't have those rookies to cash. So it's a double-edged sword. Not only are you killing yourself with the cash generation you're making with the premium you're trading in, you're killing yourself with the rookie that you're trading in because look how many red dots there still are. It's bad. Like yeah. I think there was a tweet last week. It was 22 and a half red dots, uh, green dots per team in Supercoach before trades last week. Yeah. Like, that's not good. And some of those, you know, they're no fault of the coaches. Like most people started a red dot at R3. If you've yep. still got it, you're not really complaining. Constable, good pick for the first couple of weeks. Yep. Got dropped out of the team. That happens. Roberts came in, played really well, got injured. That yep. happens. That's all it is. Yeah. But it's the ones where coaches have traded into these rookies blindly or traded into them before they've hit their bubble game, say in Supercoach and Dream yeah, Team. Yeah, jewelry type. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the ones where you've got to probably take that as a learning lesson into next year.
Yeah, I think that's good. Um, so let's talk about probably the two guys in limited trade formats that are genuine options to consider. I'm going to take Eddie Ford off the table in AFL Fantasy. I think at 399, a guy that's basically averaging high 60s, trading into that dreaded round 15, which I know Minimunk wants to unleash some thoughts a little bit later on through this podcast. Um, but Rids is, it seems like Ford at a basement-ish price in Dream Team and Supercoach could be a play. Wardlaw in those two formats, paying up a little more, but you'd hope has some job and role security, even with some returning players coming this week and next. And then Briggs is an interesting one to throw into the mix, both from a value perspective, but also because of an avenue via an injured premium in Sean Darcy. What's your take on those three guys in the limited trade formats of the game? The problem again, and we do this every week, okay, we always say it's specific to format. Yes. So let's look at Briggs, for instance, Mm -hmm. okay? I personally, and I mean, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. It's Everyone's got different versions of this. I think Briggs is 100% a play in Dream Team Mm -hmm. due to that how much he's going to make over the course of the next two to three weeks. And he's also priced at 360000 in Dream Team. So he's not that much more than an, an expensive rook. No. So, so the fact is, if he can make 150000 over the course of the next two to three weeks in Dream Team, that suddenly gets you up to five fifty, maybe pushing six hundred. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're not talking massive numbers to do that either. We're talking 70s. We're talking 80s. We're not talking 110 like he did last week. That's no. why I think Dream Team's a separate conversation. Now, let's jump over to Ford. Sure. In Supercoach, I think in Supercoach, Ford is almost the number one rookie to be targeting this week because he is just aligned nicely to be really, really nice in that format. Hmm. I mean, he's got a negative, what was it, 117 break-even or something in Supercoach? Yeah. Like, we're talking some crazy big, like, that's going to be making a lot of cash, even with 50s. Yeah. You know? So he's going to make you possibly 100, 150,000 over the course up to his buy. Sure. Trading into around 15 is a different conversation, okay, whether your team is allowing that to happen or not. But the thing is, we are talking about a rook. Um, Mm -hmm. We are talking about a rook that, you know, we shouldn't be expecting much more than 40 or 50 points a game from. So, I mean, is the cash being generated more important over the next three weeks than that one score of 40 or 50 on ground? Because who is the other option beside of him at this point in time? Hmm. So there is a world that you trade into someone like a Ford, and there is a rookie that appears out of nowhere in round 15 that you can downgrade to. I'm not going to name who that possible imaginary unicorn is, (laughs) but there is a world. Yep. Okay. Yep, I think it's good. Um, Now, Briggs, however is a different conversation on the other formats. Now, again, the caveat is uh, extended squads at time of recording and Flynn is in that. So that's just a flag for consideration for you there too. Play on formula. Yeah, but I'd be more worried about the, like, the gremlins coming, like, than Flynn playing 
especially with Briggs this week. Yeah, they, sure. they beat Geelong in Geelong, MJ, last week. There's no way known, and Briggs was almost their best player in that upset, massive upset win. Yeah, There's no way known they're going to be changing that team structure. Flynn's just there because he just is going to be an emergency. He won't be wearing the vest because mm. there'll be, like, whoever it is, Faye or whoever, will be mm-hmm. wearing the vest. You'd think Himmelberg comes straight back in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't see a world where Flynn gets named. Like, yeah, that's so fair. I don't think that's a worry. But the worry is that he was named as the emergency because we've seen so much ruck chopping and changing from GWS over the years. Yeah, but let's not be let's not beat around the bush. Briggs right now at this point in time is the number one ruck and he's the sole ruck for GWS. Yes. And nothing's going to change that because Riccardi's doing well. Himmelberg's coming back who can potentially play that second role. Yep. There's got to be a lot of injuries or a lot of, you know, crazy at the selection. And I don't see that happening now that Leon's left the building. <laughs> and let's just say the other one, and everyone keeps taught, mentioning Bruce. Yep. Proof. Oh, is we haven't had him on the podcast for months. Also. Mate, he is he's eight weeks. He won't play again this year. He's managing that back injury. There's no chance. Like he's what he's listed eight weeks. Fifty most relevant. Fifty most relevant number I'll one. Write, write it down. It's <laughs> gonna happen. I'll run so it back. Maybe again. next year in the preseason we'll be able to put him in the top ten, mate, for the oh, fifty mate. most relevant. Oh, he's be top ten of the year. Uh, t- writing it in. <laughs> Writing it in, that's for sure. Um, so it's an interesting one. I want to I want to come back to some moves that we could make this week that are going to set us up. But while we're talking about rucks, it's an interesting discussion point um, because you've got a, a Sean Darcy injury. The club are not quite as elusive of what Melbourne were with the Clayton Oliver, where they they almost gave us some slight false confidence that he was going to be back last week. Um, now the club have confirmed that barring a setback he'll play on the king's birthday long weekend but they did say look it won't be the first week back after the bye but from there we'll see and it's interesting to me because you've got briggs who rids has alluded to who in a couple of formats on the bubble got the role and for a three-week hit man he could make you some money and bank you some points you've then got a Darcy Cameron, who Mini Monk alluded to the the other week, uh, in that DPP, the versatility and flexibility of what he's going to do, those matchups, and, and some value there. Then we can throw in a Luke Jackson into this conversation too. Um, and there's Max Gorn, and there's Tim English. It's an interesting prospect. While we don't have Rowan Marshall, we know we don't have Sean Darcy. Uh, what we do in the rucks and or ruck forward DPPs um, now, no Gorn probably um, doesn't quite help people that were hoping for it, but is this one of the positional moves that over the next two to three weeks could unlock our teams both from premiums, cash generation and movements, or is it not so simple than that? Mini Monk, your thoughts? I think Ritz has got uh, oh, go on, Ritz. leash here, so I'll let All him go right. first. Here we go. So the first thing I want to say is I've heard a lot of discussions about Darcy, okay? Yes, it's not about Darcy, people. Think about it. We're in the buys now. It's about who your second ruck is. Mm. Now, if you own Tim English, you're going to have both rucks if you trade into Briggs. 
missing round 15 right now. And that's not even talking about the risk of anyone else coming in or roles changing or whatever else, okay? What happens at round 15 then? Does that mean you then trade to who? You don't have any options. Maybe Marshall. Maybe Cameron. Maybe Cameron. But, I mean, let's not forget, like, there's a reason you didn't have Marshall in the first place. Like sure. you've probably had opportunities to go Darcy to Marshall throughout the season already, and you haven't done that move. Mm-hmm. So if your second ruck is Marshall, that's great, but you're still mm-hmm. going to have to find a lot of money to get to whoever your intended second ruck is going to be. And I'm Correct. I'm making an assumption here that we're going to call English. Because, I mean, that's probably where everyone yeah. wants to get to, if the they don't peak of Everest. Yep. That's a lot of coin, MJ, to still mm-hmm. find. Because we're only talking about a guy who may make 130000 140000 in AF. <laughs> where we are talking about a guy who may make 150 in Supercoach at best. Yep. And it's you know? around 15 buy to around 15 buy as well. Mm-hmm. So does that mean you're going to have to hang on to him? past round 15 like it's you're actually trading into a guy that's going to cause you more headaches than what it's worth this is why darcy cameron for me if you own sean darcy Mm. please do yourself a favor just have a look at darcy cameron if it was before round one and he didn't get injured we were all exploring the possibility of starting this guy of course yes of course there's other bits and pieces to be played up. We've got Mason Cox now playing the best he ever has in the rucks. We've got all these other little variables. Sure. But he's not the same price as what he was pre-season. He's actually cheaper across the formats. Yeah. So it's it's something where he's an easier get to your English, to your Marshall, to whoever you want to get, and it doesn't have to be in the buys. And it's not going to hurt you in round 15 when you've only got 13 players. You know, go and count how many green dots you think you got in round 15 right now. Oh, it's going to be fun. You could be anywhere from 12 to 16 players right now. And I guarantee (laughs) you, if you've got more than 16, you've lucked it in. (laughs) And you're not counting well. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> go have another recount go to your wife go to your girlfriend go to your daughter go to your sister whoever and ask them to count for you because <laughs> don't count davy don't count chester don't count Chinkot, whoever it don't is, count okay? constable yeah none of these guys yeah I'm yeah. With you. so so let's let's talk about darcy cameron a little bit more because yeah, I, sure. I think i've been on the darcy cameron train for a little bit Probably over a month now. I think I yes. made a call around round seven, round eight, that Darcy Cameron and Gorn would be the most important players to trade in around round 11, round 12. Sure. Mitty, Unfortunately, you're not on it. You actually knocked out the conductor and took over the train and you're driving. <laughs> now, unfortunately, Gorn missed out on DPP by 0.1 of a percent. Yeah, it's one cent about, basically. Sure. Yeah. He's still relevant if you're a Darcy owner. I think he's one that you probably have to look into, especially in Supercoach. It's sure. a little bit less favorable because you're not going to get as much out of him as someone like a Darcy Cameron or a Briggs. But he's sure. still a play that you could look at. Definitely. But but I think I've been more than clear that I think Darcy Cameron might be the most important player to trade in this week. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that is limited to AFL fantasy. I think this is across the formats. 
And a lot of people have nipped and nabbed about what the different reasons are why. And I think I can break it down as to a few key reasons. Yeah, please. One, he has the DPP, which two, allows him to cover you across the buys because three, he has the round 14 buy, which aside from Gorn, none of the popular Ruckman have. Four, he's got the price. He's priced cheaper in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team than he was to start the year. And he's about the same in Supercoach to start the year. And five, he has the matchup. Yeah. He has the Eagles matchup this week, which is about as easy as you can get. We've seen his time on ground increase over the last two weeks. We've seen his CBA percentage and his rut contest percentage compared to Cox over the last two weeks. And it was 80% last week against North yeah. Melbourne. And he went, you know, 79 in AFL Fantasy and 80 odd in, um, in Supercoach against Goldstein, who's one of the most restrictive rucks in the competition. I, I basically almost want to say is, if you're not looking to bring in Darcy Cameron this week, who are you bringing in? Because I really want to know. Yeah. Because I just, I think it's just a slam dunk. Pie. You make money going from Ashcroft to Darcy Cameron this week. It's a hundred K to go from someone like Atkins to Darcy Cameron. It is just, he's right there in front of your face. So please do yourself a favor and just keep it simple this week. It's certainly a play. That is for darn sure, let alone some of the others. So this week's an interesting one. And uh, was part of a super coach jury with a bunch of other different content creators this week. And there was a lot of questions about what should you do this week with round 12? And so I guess my question to you both is this. Old school, and that could be as early as last year, old school mindset in fantasy is you are exiting round 15 of the multi-buys with a quote-unquote completed side. I think most coaches, that's now a pipe dream um, and, and they're probably counting guys they ideally don't want in their side as, as a completed side. That's fine. So my question to you is this, with that old mindset in mind and knowing that there'll be some interesting, some brilliant, some stupid and some okay trades that people make over the next month my question is this what can we do this week that's going to set ourselves up for success over the next four weeks mini monk want to lead us off yeah so so typically the idea is this week you want to fix the red dots maybe carry a bit of cash into the next week so you can actually upgrade to some premiums that have sure you know they're coming off of their buy and they'll play from here until the end of the season Fingers crossed, no suspensions, no injuries, of course. But the cupboard's bare. Mm. And I think that that is about as simple as you can put it. The downgrade options that are there this week are close to non-existent. We've got, you know, a rookie in Harvey Harrison that's been named. We've got an Oscar Mullen, who, sorry, Ocean Mullen, who comes in this week after playing one game, but he has Chris Scott for a coach. A coach. He has the bye next mm. week. The reinforcements are coming back. It's hard to have any confidence going there and hoping that you'll play for round 14 and 15. Mm. You've got George Wardlaw, but he's 80% owned probably in top 5,000 ranks across formats by this point. Yep. I think in Supercoach and, and Dream Team, it's lower because he's on the bubble this week. Sure. There you've got Eddie Ford as well, who's a bit more of a an easier option. You've got maybe Humphrey. But yep. if you're looking at someone like Humphrey, you're paying. You're paying. I don't think you can go Humphrey this week. I think you've lost. I 
the chance. I think the boat has passed because, you know, we saw it last week with Atkins. All it takes is one bad game. The break-even skyrockets and he's done his job and you've got to flip him. And yeah, he's been really good over the last few weeks, but a bad game can come for a rookie at any point. I mean, Correct. we saw it with Ashcroft on the weekend. Yeah, even Wardlaw, to be fair, wasn't Wardlaw awesome. wasn't great. Yeah. So if the cupboard's bare, you don't really have those downgrade options. I think in, uh, you know, Dream Team Supercoach is a bit of a different point, but in AFL Fantasy, the cupboard mm. is bare. How do you make the cash? Yes. And this is where it comes to the question of, are you trading high break-even players or high-capped players for lower-capped players who have a low break-even? You know, the old broadbent manoeuvre. Oh. And this is a viable strategy this week. You know, Riz was alluding to it before about a player like Briggs. You could look to move one of your Ruckman to a Briggs and explore that pathway. Look at moving someone like Marshall, someone like English. You know, if you've got Darcy, it's a pretty easy move to make the cash. But there's obviously risks associated with it. You're calling someone who you wanted to keep until the end of the year to someone that you definitely don't want to be keeping to the end of the year to make a bit of cash. It's scary. So then you want to be looking at what are the other options? Can I sideways someone like Atkins, someone like Fiorini to a player that's on the up? This is where people are looking at the likes of Yo and Greenwood this week. Both, well, I think Greenwood has a really low break-in. His break-in is the same as Wardlaw's this week week in AFL fantasy which is crazy talk because he's 530 odd I think yeah 537 break even of 14 very popular trade in this week in AFL fantasy and you know I get it yo Dom Sheed is is out I think and he's getting a high CBA rotation he, he's a pretty popular player to, for people to be looking at because he should score well he has the history of it but with both of these players comes risk Yo has injury concerns and Greenwood has role concerns. So, you, you know, it's 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 a pick your poison kind of week. <laughs> it feels like that, doesn't it, it? It really is. It's do I trade a best 22 player or do I so trade a player who's top of the line to make cash? Do I sideways a player who's capped out to another player who has concerns about them? Or do I trade into a rookie who I have job con- security concerns about or they might not make any more cash if they pop one bad score? And to be honest, it's so team dependent. Yeah. If you if you've got the red dots and really not no not highly priced rookies, probably trading into the rookies that are at least named, at least going to provide a harbor this week might be your best option. If you're in a luxury position where you have a lot of green dots this week, then you can afford to take the punt on some of those players mm. that are cheaper that have the low break even. Or you can look to do, as we said, the broadband maneuver and trade a capped player out or a very highly priced player and make a couple of hundred K that week. But look at your team, investigate what's going to work best for you because that's all that matters this week because there is no generic advice that I can provide for every single team because everyone's in a different position. So I'm going to try and apply generic advice but make it specific to the people listening. Okay, this is going to be a bit of a trick. I don't know how to quite word it. Good good luck with this. So my thing would be, and at this point in time, 
I don't know if anyone works in IT or anything, but the key word at the moment's been agile, okay? Um, and it's been this way for the last five years. It's just been fluid. Um, trying to go with the flow, trying to see where it leads you. If you're going to go into a Greenwood or a Briggs type, do it with the thought process that you're jumping off after one week. Right. If they do something that makes you hold them for longer than one week, then apply that same thought process into week two. I'm going to hold you for one more week and I'm going to see where this leads me. Let's say a Greenwood, for instance, in AF, because that's where we're really talking about here. Sure. So Greenwood in AF, you bring him in and you go, okay, I'm going to bring you in for that one week hit. Like a worst case scenario in years gone by, what we've done is we've always traded out the red dots, got the green dots in, yeah. got the extra numbers, and then we've always tried to keep a bit of cash in the bank so we could trade into a round 12 guy coming off the buy. Sure. There's no reason why we're holding that money in the bank. We can apply that in the commodity that we want to increase in value mm-hmm. in a Briggs for sure. instance, or a Greenwood. That just means, though, you have to be willing to trade out of them after one week. Like, So what you're doing is you're trying to increase that value of that player by 40, 50, 60, 100,000 in Dream Team, whatever it is, for that one-week hit. It's a little bit harder to do this in Dream Team and Supercoach, yeah, because we don't have to trade. Yeah, we don't have to trades, use them or lose them. No, you you almost need three weeks in those limited trades to to really get the value. AF, you can do a one week hit. Exactly right. So, just go in and try and be fluid. Let the player dictate to you what you want to do. We, no one in their right mind was thinking about trading out Atkins or the pastor man last week until last week happened. Correct. Now we're all looking at jumping off them now. Guess what? That situation drives us to trade out of them, okay? That's so right. if you are going to jump into a Greenwood, that's not a terrible move by any stretch, but that's going to be team-specific and your appetite for risk because you know what the risk is. You know LDU might be back next week. You know Shields is back already. You know there's mm-hmm. bits and pieces. You know he's never really settled into a role. You yeah. know that he's gone into the midfield rotations and tagged. We know that he's gone into the centre bounces and played a second ruck. We know this role is forever changing. Yes. We know there's no Clarkson. We know that there's a whole heap of world that could happen here. But why not trade into him? Yes, you're going to get that cash injection of sure. Okay, in that one trade in, but then let it control. Whatever happens, happens this week. I'm not even going to watch the game. Who cares about the game? <laughs> Whatever happens, I'm going to look at the score. MJ, we tell everyone week don't after week score, for you. Watch the game. Don't look at the score. Guess what? This week, I'm telling you, don't care about how he plays because it's irrelevant. We don't care. We don't care if he's the best player in the world. We don't care if he tagged, if he didn't. We're just going to let the trade dictated by the score. Yeah. So, so that's my generic advice. Okay? That's good. So let's let's focus on Greenwood for, for just a second, and, and then I want to talk about round 15 and then hit some of our Patreon questions before we wrap up this episode. Someone like Greenwood, um, 
you talk about this one week agility that we require and need. I think that's a really nice piece of advice. It's helped a lot. Here's the thing that I'd like to not come back with, but get you then to, to clarify to help people. You have the one week plan, no problem at all, fine. He drops the 80 or 90, all of a sudden 40K drops in and you're like, yes, that's great. But you've also built this plan at round 15 that you're looking at Williams, Sheasel, um, these other trades that you're doing. And so now all of a sudden you're running these two parallel trade variables in your world all along. Is there a world where if coaches aren't careful, they inadvertently break their team? Of course they do, but that's because they get greedy. Right. Okay. So what happens is, let's just say I'm going to trade into a Mullen this week. Okay. Dot. In the traditional, I'm going to go red dot to Mullen. In AF, we're talking. In AF. At the moment. And I'm yep. going to leave 400000 in the kitty so I can trade into Well, let's put some names. Wilmot for Mullen. That, let's just use some names. Sure. Okay. So whatever it is, and then I'm going to inject and spend on you know, the pastor's head to go get a Brayshaw next week or whatever the thought process is, okay? Sure. What you're doing there, though, is instead of having that bank sitting there, you're going to trade from a red dot into a green wood because if you've got the cash there anyways, you might as well inject it into this commodity. Don't Mm. get greedy, though, MJ. Stick to the plan, okay? You've made it out to be a one-week plan. If your team allows you to be fluid, Great. Right. But if your team doesn't allow you to be fluid and you are going to have the 400,000 sitting there and trade into a mullet, yep. that, that doesn't make sense to me. Because sure. the fact is, you could still go Greenwood to whoever, okay, yes. and pivot off to whoever you wanted to with an extra 50K in the pocket. And then you could have the other flip side to that is trade into mullet after round 14 teams are known and that you know he's actually been named. And you can actually cull a rookie to Mullen and free up a couple of hundred thousand or whatever to then go and inject it into your round 14 other two trades and work through how to better set yourself up. And this is why I'm saying if your team allows you to be fluid and hold Greenwood for an extra week, yeah. Great. Look at the score. Let that dictate to you. Drive it by Barrack even. Drive it by team selection next week. Mm. Okay. Well, LDU gets named and this person gets named. I don't trust it anymore. See you later. Bye-bye, Greenwood. Off you go. Rodeo. You're no, you're no worse off. It's no. just that you're actually using that cash in the player and the score to better your output for the week. That's yeah. all it yeah. is. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. If, if there's an, ever a time to take a risk on a player like Greenwood, and I'll probably throw someone like Yo into the same basket, though he's not quite sure. the same because he doesn't have the break even. But, you know, with someone like Greenwood, it's this week or mm. it's this period because if he drops a stinker, chances are it's not going to be below 14. So he's still going to make cash. He's not going to change mm-hmm. in price that much. And if he drops a bad score, it'll drop out of your scores. You don't have to carry it on your field. Yeah. Because... Most people, if you're trading into someone like him, will have 19, 20, 21 playing. Yeah. It's a great and opportunity to be able to take the risk. That's a good call. There's one more element. We've got an extra buy round next week. Correct. And that's we've yeah. got three extra trades, yeah? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So if he has a stinker, you know what? Fair enough. He's had a stinker. 
We've given it a go. It failed. It's a failed trade. You sure. move on. You build a bridge and you move the hell on. Yep. That's the worst case scenario. You're not. It's not like last year where we had six teams, six teams, six teams on the buy across yep. the three rounds. Yep. We've actually got next week where every pretty much every team out there should have the better part of 22 green dots. Well, they'll week. all have 22. There might be one or two primos down, but they'll all have 22. So those three trades next week become about improving your team. Correct. For the back two buys. Yeah. Of course. Not just that, though, to exit the buys as well. Correct. Let's not forget the biggest important part of buys. A lot of people forget this. Otherwise, what we would do is we'd sideways, sideways, sideways everyone. to everyone that hasn't had a buy, and we'd just leave the buys the same position as what we entered them. Yep. You know, that doesn't really help us in the big picture. We still want to exit the buys in the best position we can be to complete our teams and get that to the end. Because what is it? We've got 24 rounds this year. 24 yeah? rounds this year. So we got the better part of what, 10 rounds of football? We are still not even finish. halfway. Yeah. So after the buys are done, we've still got over two months of football to go. So yeah. it's it's a delicate balance, you know? You, yeah, it's a long time. We're going to fix things along the way, but do it with the end goal results because you could lose not just 100 points for the buy this week. Correct. You could actually lose 50 points a week from a poor move for the next 14 weeks. Yeah, it's 500, 600 points down, not that. So um, on that, I'm keen, Mini Monk. I want. I know you want to talk about round fifteen in just a minute. But is there a world where you can trade into guys that are on their buy this week? So almost not quite the reverse of what Rids is saying, but almost going right. I'm setting this week to get me through the buys and get up. So you've got guys like a, a Neil, a Sinclair, a, a Steel um, that are going to be available to us next week. Is that a play? Again, I'm sure your answer is team dependent, um, but <laughs> it's is like you're reading my mind. Yeah, yeah. Like talk people through that in terms of if they're looking at that, because Rids has painted in AF this beautiful picture of where a player like Greenwood is a play. Could you paint a picture for me across the formats where a, a Neil, a Steel, a Sinclair types are the right trade in for people, even though they're not going to get the benefit felt this sure. week? I think, as you said, and, and I hate to, to beat the dead horse, but yes, it's team dependent. team dependent. And I feel that's the caveat for a lot of the advice that we're giving this week, but I think sure. it needs to be said because you can't give generic advice. Mm. But yes, there is a world where trading into a round 12 premium this week is a viable play. And I, I want to be very specific here. I'm talking about round 12 premiums. Yes. Because trading into someone like Luke Jackson who isn't a premium. He is a very expensive mid-pricer, yeah. but he isn't a premium. And at this point in time, we don't know how long Sean Darcy is going to be out for. He's more a premium like, for us. Yeah. That is a risky move. Sure. Trading into someone like Matthew Johnson is a risky move. Yes. Because you don't know his job security. Chances are he plays 13 because Amir yep. is suspended, but we don't know what his long-term job security is. Whereas trading into a premium, especially one who doesn't have injury history, say like, a Lockie Neal, say like a Jack Sinclair, say like a Caleb Saronga and Andy Brayshaw, these are viable strategies because you might be getting that extra premium for the rest of the buys. Yes, yes, you might be a bit down this week, but if you've got 21 playing, 
the difference between a premium and probably one of your mid prices isn't going to cost you that much. It might cost you 40, 50 points this week, but you get that extra extra premium for the next three weeks and you can afford to make the upgrade next week probably as well by doing, say, a two down, one up and target another premium off of that buy if you want to. So it's so, yeah. like what Rids is talking about where you're hoping to get the 50, 100 point upgrade and the 30, 40, 50K of potential cash generation. You're almost looking at the reverse of sacrificing 50 points this week, but hoping that at the back end, you're a week ahead with your upgrade cadence. Exactly the, this, yeah. Right. You just have to know how your team is going to look through the buys and how many premiums you have playing each week because it's all well and good, as, as Rids said. To trade premiums out of your team, bring premiums into your team, rock with 16, 17 premiums every week, fine. But if you exit the buy with only 17 premiums, it's not a good spot to be. But if you can average, say, 15, 16 premiums every week of the buy, maybe 20, 21 premiums in round 13 when most teams are pretty stacked anyways because of only two teams missing, mm. but you exit the buy with 22 premiums, or you exit the buy with 21 premiums, which is probably going to be the norm this year at most, Yeah, you're so much further ahead because instead of looking to be forcing the last upgrade with the rookies that we might not have with the cash generation that might not be there, yeah, it's good. you get to go, I want to call 50K off of this person and do a micro-upgrade into one of my premiums. Or you get to call 200K off of this person and get to go up to a top lineup. You get that yeah. freedom later on this season. So You've always got to be looking at what's my best short-term play, but how is this going to affect my team in the long term? That's good. Reeds, you got any thoughts on that before we talk round 15? I think um, the other thing you've got to look at is you probably need to start thinking through what position can I take the most risk in specific to your team? Yeah, it's good. So you might actually have, like say a D6 at the moment, you might have Williams at D6 right now, or you might have Humphrey at M8 or F6. You need to just work through over the course of your buys because right now it's best 18. So we can actually tinker and we can work it out. We don't want to be exiting the buys where our strongest, weakest point is actually on the bench and can't Correct. get onto your field. Correct. You don't want a Liam Jones in Supercoach sitting on your defense bench right now. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. you just can't get him on the field. That's the yeah. that's the worst scenario ever, you know? So that's why you've got to be careful. That's why if you're trading into a Wardlaw and you think Wardlaw is going to be a 85, 90 rook, Sure. You need him on the field because yes, that's correct. your biggest bang for buck. If you think if you own Williams and you think Williams is going to be a 70, 80, and it's also going to be draw specific. There's a guy coming through for Essendon in the next few weeks that will likely get a debut just outside of the Sartus. buys in Tasatis. Yep. He's an absolute AR fantasy beast, this yeah, kid. Be good. So there's every chance. We're going to be wanting to trade into this guy across the formats as soon as he debuts. Yeah, I mean, in Dream Team Supercoach may be on the bubble, sure. but and we're going to want them potentially on the field at some mm-hmm. point because 
But the whole point of this, okay, is right now, and let's look at AF, okay? Let's try and simplify this a little bit. All the top teams right now will have common names across the lines. Of course. In the back line, let's just have a look at the backs. Every team in the top 100. Dacos. We're going to have Dacos, Dawson, Zebul. They're going to be the three common names. We've probably got a Stewart. Sicily wouldn't We've be probably got a Day. Yeah. We've Sheasel. probably got Sheasel. Zebul yeah. okay. probably is up there so a bit as well. Yeah. So straight away you go, rightio, that's probably not the line unless you don't own a Day and you think the guy that you could trade into at a cheaper price point like – let's say a Ridley or a Salem or someone mm. can somewhat match what a day is output-wise, yeah. that's where you can take a shortcut and a little bit of a – like take a bit of coin off. Take a hit. Because right yeah. now, the forward lines are looking crazy deep, yeah? Mm. And I think because everyone started with that four or five premium forwards and they're yep. all pretty much – Lived up to expectations. None have been bad. If anything, you've had Butters come in that's been better than thought. We've Butters has come McRae, in. We've gained Bailey What about McRae? Yeah, yeah, Bailey Smith. And there's just a... So right now, the weakest line across the board for me is the midfield. This is the craziest time ever, yeah? Mm. Yeah, the I position we thought was it. the strongest is now the weakest, yeah. Yeah, and years gone by. But you know how quickly that can change? MJ, Very. it wasn't so long ago that Rory Laird and Andy Brayshaw were being discussed as failed starting options. Yeah. Now, I agree they were failed starting options, but that's sure. only if you could have traded into them before they started going back up in price. Which they are now doing, yeah. Yeah, correct. Otherwise, you would have been better off starting with them than trying to work out how can I bring in five of these guys at the same time. Correct. You know, and that's half of the battle, yeah? Yep. No, it yeah. really it's is. just... Just quickly on that point, the top point scorers in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team for the year, number one, Toronto. Yep. Number two, English. Not really yep. any surprise in those two. No. Number three is Dacos. Yep. Number four is Brayshaw. Yeah. He is the fourth highest point scorer and mm-hmm. he's the highest point scorer that is a pure mid player. And so he's yeah, a quote-unquote quote, failed, failed pick. pick. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, which is right. It's crazy, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Like, but it highlights what you've just talked about. And the so thing beautiful. is, like, the reason why we see him as a failed pick in AF mm. is because his mate just right next to him stands in next door in every CBA cheaper. started at such a yeah, 200K cheaper. And so we relate that straight away going, oh, well, we should have started Sarong instead of Brayshaw. We would sure. have had to say, yeah, great. Should have started, started both. <laughs> that's the conversation that's where yes. we should have been we Correct. should have been going why didn't we start both that's right it's never been Brayshaw or Sarong yet sure. only five weeks ago MJ everyone was saying we it was always Sarong over Brayshaw in that oh, discussion yeah, point that's right. but yeah. right now four or five weeks later we should have started both Guess what? Rory Laird, I said a couple of weeks ago, you remember when he got subbed off um, after that knock he had on his ribs late in the game? Yep. And he got vested. And I said to you, I don't think he's moved better in a game of football. Yet I still saw people going, oh, no, he got the vest. That means he's being managed. Watch the game. You know? And that's that's the key point. 
like I don't know if anyone's noticed. I'm sure they have because this is mm. the most obvious thing ever. Guess what? He's tackling. Mm-hmm. Has anyone seen his tackle count over the it was last massive of last week? And again, in a wet, slippery, sliding Northern Territory, plenty of tackles on offer this week too. Led last- owners right now were so upset earlier in the week because he got suspended because yeah. he was missing that Darwin game and he's tackling. Yeah. He was, he's going to have 30 tackles this week, mate. <laughs> Last four weeks, 14, 9, 10, 16. Yeah, he's back. The only, one, the only one where he hasn't gone double digits was the game where he was subbed early in the fourth quarter. Correct. MJ, so, yeah. right now... I don't know whether we should be saying he's back. I don't think he's ever left. I just think he was carrying something and the club weren't honest and told people about it. Yeah, I think that's they said he had a evident. sore calf and they managed him through it and he's yeah. doing what we know he could. You, there's two games with Laird that you go, okay, one was the aberration round one. The other was clearly carrying something for a couple of weeks, and for one of those, it got the best of him, and he was still fine. And like, I can uh, guarantee you now, if the club was honest, no one starts led. If everyone, if the club comes sure. out and says, so, our star midfielder is carrying a calf, and we're going to manage him through the first eight rounds of the football game season. Yeah, people will go for Oliver. They'll go to Brayshaw. They'll go to anywhere. Yeah, Yeah, but that didn't happen, did it? No, that's right. So I would argue... Till I'm blue in the face that it's a failed pick because right now he is flying. But guess what? Nothing's actually changed. That's right. It, it was nothing to do. Like it's probably more about the weather and the the conditions that the footy's been played in. You know, people getting tired, not as many, you know, quick movements. Yeah, more stoppages. Of the football, yeah. More this stoppages. Happens every year. This what ever happens every year in winter. Every year. But people didn't start a Rory Led because they thought there was going to be more stoppages early in the season. Mm. They were just hoping his outside run would cover that little bit lesser part of yeah. his game. And unfortunately, because he was injured, that he happened. wasn't able to wasn't cover that. the ground. Yeah, no, like certainly a factor in it. Or it was certainly some Brayshaw, mate. Same thing. Exactly same, same thing. thing. It's the same conversation. So yeah, as yeah. soon as AFL starts getting a little bit more uh, professional around the reporting of injuries. Yep. Like, and the NFL. And remember, Tim used to say this from years gone by. Everyone would remember Tim on the arms um, coaches panel from Early years day. gone by. Yep. He would say it all the time. Why can't they have the transparency of the NFL? Yeah. Like, no one if tries to do that. Oh, we're going to trick people and say it doesn't help anyone. And no. the clubs in Australia, in the AFL, are actually doing their superstars a disservice by not telling people they're struggling because then the media goes crazy. Is he disinterested? Is he looking somewhere else? Is <laughs> something wrong with the – like, it's just rubbish, yeah? Yeah, it is. So we want to hit our Patreon questions in a moment, but round 15 is this interesting one, Mini Monk, and it's not just for every position, although you could certainly build the case, the last of our buy rounds, but specifically – it could bring some serious pain in our forward lines, which is compounded if we've got some of some non-careful planning in the other three positions. I don't want to say that it could bring. I'm, I'm going to beat straight to the point. It will bring pain. Yeah. And let, let's just put it simply. 
there are not many options at the round 15 buy that are forwards, that are playing. There's if two you, premiums, if you want to be honest. Let, let's, let's have a look at it. So if I look at AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, you look at players that are averaging more than, let's call 90, a premium marker in AFL Fantasy for a forward sure. based on how many we have. Probably have about 13 players averaging more than 90 in AFL Fantasy. Yeah. It's pretty good. There are four that play on the round 15 by. Oh, boy. Josh Dunkley. Yep. Errol Goulden. Yep. Jeremy Cameron. Oh and boy. Charlie Kerno. Oh, boy. How many of those do you want to own on that week? Is it just Dunkley and Goulden? Do you really want to be owning a key forward for one week and then well, have to trade them out? Charlie Kerno's out on that one too, so it's three. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Charlie Kerno's out. Sorry, yeah. Jesus. But your point is made that there is nothing there. Yeah. And then and, the and other positions. And let's just make it even clearer. Oh, in Supercoach, it's no better. Yep. Let's call it 90 as well. Yep. Keep it consistent across the formats. It's probably about 15 above 90. Mm-hmm. The options, Josh Dunkley and Errol Goulden again. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Cameron again. Makes sense. makes sense. Darcy Cameron is the fourth option. But if you're <laughs> playing him in round 15, you probably don't want him in your forward line. You probably you want, want him in, him in your rock line, line to cover <laughs> Tim English. That's right. So let's just put it this way. That buy round is going to hurt. If you're going to be carrying donuts, it's probably going to be in your forward line. Yep. So prepare for it. Yep. Prepare for it now and just do whatever you can. Look at the options. Is there someone in that, you know, sub-premium tier that you want to carry? Is there a rookie that you think is going to come in and be able to play that round and just cover you for that week? Is there bailout options like Luke Jackson? like Nat Fife, like mm. Dylan Moore, Bailey who could Humphrey. be options. Bailey Humphrey, who can cover you who all those weeks to get you through. Look at it. Consider it this week. Consider your plan for your forward line for the round 15 buy across the formats because if you do that now, you will dodge the donuts that 90% of coaches are running full steam ahead towards right now. Yep. It's really, really good. All right, lads, we're going to wrap up this episode in just a minute. Want to hit our Patreon questions, though. We will rapid fire our way through them. If you want to become a Patreon, the link is in the description of this podcast. You can join at the cash cow, the mid price or the premium tier. And there are different sets of rewards and incentives and things that can come your way off the back of it. Boys, we're going to rapid fire through them. Give us your best First thoughts off the back of this. First one comes from Ben J. I'll throw it to you, Rids. Any of the mid-season draftees of interest to you? Uh, the Geelong player. Um, I can't think of his name. Off Mitch the top Hardy. Of my head. But you're alluding to. they're all coming back. Yep. All their players are coming back. Yeah, so Bose if it was three weeks ago, week. yeah. yeah, if it was three weeks ago, I'd be very happy to look at him. But, yeah, nah. Um, unless a Poulter comes in and replaces an injured Baker, and that's sure. that's 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 the little bit of luck that you sort of need, like an injury opened an opportunity. Yeah, no, it's a really good one. Uh, Sriram has a question for you, uh, Mini Monk. Any teams or positions with particularly good or bad runs post-buy? For example, he said the Crows have the Eagles twice. Uh, any 
things specifically? There's some great resources out there that kind of help you do that, but anything from you that jumps out? Yeah, I think the Crows have a really good run. I think Essendon also have a pretty reasonable run as well. Yeah, they do. Um, but it really is format dependent. Brisbane well. like AF- after the buy is pretty good too. Ooh, yeah, Brisbane Brisbane after the buy is pretty good. Frio after their buy is pretty good as well. Yeah, I think Port Adelaide have an okay run straight after their buy as well. But it's it's going to depend on what position you're talking about. It's going to depend on what format you're playing as well. Yeah, there's a great resource on DFS Australia if you want yeah, that's to the look one. at AFL fantasy type stuff. And Supercoach actually has it built into their site and their paid stuff about yeah. where the scores versus positions are. But then look at how long you're also going to be holding the players for because in AFL fantasy you can chop and change your premiums quickly, whereas in Supercoach you're stuck with them for the rest of the year. So just consider. So, so MJ, mm. I think the team, and you know, I do a lot of like draw you're stuff. a big fixture man yes the team that i like the most is actually north melbourne so that's going to present an issue if people are looking at trading out a sheasel at his mm. buy um because i believe they finish off with hawks saints west coast melbourne essendon richmond suns as yeah, their that's... last yeah it's not bad yeah, it's yeah. not bad. It's a nice little nugget for you there. Uh, here's a question for you, Rids. Is Raul a worthwhile keeper in AFL fantasy? Uh, there's no such thing as... Okay, so when we say we got to be loose, okay, I don't think there's a term keeper anymore in AFL fantasy. I agree with that. Because um, it depends between what's happening now, what's happening with your team, what injuries you get, everything else. There's no such thing as a season-long keeper in my eyes. We might have an expectation they should be. So if you're trading into Raul, you just be fluid and you go, you know what, there is a world he might stink it up for a couple of weeks and I can move him to another player because by that stage we should have completed teams. Yep, uh, that's a fairly good one for you too. Uh, Sam Penny's got an AFL fantasy question for you, Mini Monk. Ashcroft, hold him through the buys or drop him this week? The the, the cop-out answer is it's team-specific, but I'm leaning towards trading him more than I am for holding him for the majority of teams. But if you can envision an issue where you're going to be running out of midfield players to play in round 14 and round 15, then he could be kept. Yep, it's good. Uh, Then one last one, because a bunch of them are asking a few different, very convoluted ones that I will send you messages, uh, Patreons, to answer those for you. Uh, But here's one last one for you from Adam. It's a super coach question, Ritz. Question for future plans. Currently, he has gone at R2. He's limited on trades. Is it worth getting Cameron at F6 as cover, or would you prefer to use another trade and get gone all the way up to it in English. So what's your thoughts? He's, he's limited so, traits. He's got gone, but he's like, do I go up to the big dog or do I just build some coverage? Yeah, but why are you using traits? That's yeah. if you're limited in traits. Okay. Unless That's you're it. better in your team. So let's just say if you're bringing Cameron, you can play him as F6 and you can move a forward into your midfield or whatever. And that makes you closer to complete. Great. But why are you trading Gorn if he's still playing? Like, yeah, at right. least just stick to him and then just use one trade if he gets injured across the course and later in the year, just save a trade and then sideways trade him to whoever's available. 
Yep. 100%. I'm with you on that, boys. You've been sensational right throughout this episode, helping people out. So, uh, MJ, I want to just – I've got a theory. Not a there theory, but – This will be good. Have <laughs> a look. Round 15. Okay. Minimunk said it a couple of minutes ago, has set up multiple times, okay? Yes. Round 15, there's a tidal wave coming. There's yes. a tsunami coming. We're going to yes. have a bit of pain. Yes. Many will struggle the, with 18. The way – what we need to do then is we need to maximise the scoring potential of the players that we have. So have a look at who – which team plays what team in round 15. Mm-hmm. Let's just look at a Sydney Okay, they play West, West Coast, Coast in round 15, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. radio. So Golden. if that means that you need to take a haircut from someone, a premium for mm-hmm. round 15, especially in an AF or something like that, maybe Isaac Heaney might be your option. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a Jake Lloyd that's your option in Supercoach. Mm-hmm. Whoever it is to fill that last Mills, spot. maybe. Well, Mills Free- could be back. The other ones in that one, Brio play Essendon, Luke Jackson, and Nat Five. Brisbane and Gold play Coast. St. Kilda. Brisbane play St Kilda. Maybe you want to try your luck with Joe the Goose. <laughs> but Gold Coast play Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. Darcy McPherson could be a sneaky shout there as mm, well. That defender forward status might be handy over the next couple of weeks too. But, yeah, so just be a little bit creative, be a little bit more fluid, be a little bit open-minded because this is a year that we haven't seen before. Yeah, it's going to create some different So it's not going to be the same things we're used to doing from the last 10 years that's going to work this year. And we've already seen that's not the case. So we're just going to have to be a little bit more patient you know, and you think about it. Now, if everyone remembers back to when they culled rookies, mm-hmm. when they got fatter, mm-hmm. how many times did we cull that rookie that made an extra 20, 30, 40,000? Yep. You know, how many times did we then take a haircut to go to a Sheldrick, to go to a Drury blind, mm-hmm. you know, because we couldn't afford to go that slightly more expensive rookie, mm-hmm. you know? Take this as a lesson to move forward. Now, yeah, next advice. year, it might be the 200,000 guys that, that actually work. You know, sure. they all Each pop. year is different. But guess what? At least you can adjust in season downwards to mm-hmm. apply that rather than adjusting to pay more. Because right now, all I'm hearing in the AFL fantasy world is we c- is too much to pay for. Yeah, it's the wrong Guess thought. what? Adjust your expectations in your mindset because this year is different, yeah? Yeah, that's some really good advice from you boys. You've been sensational, not just on this episode, but right throughout the season and pre-season proper. Absolute pleasure to have you back on, Rids. Thank you, my friend. Bye-bye. And uh, you, Minimark, as always, mate, some sensational work from you. Uh, have a goodbye period and goodbye. It's well said. If you want to become a patron, all the links are in our description. Plenty of great content we're going to drop right throughout the next couple of weeks at coachespanel.tv to help you out. We hope this week is kind to you, but more so we hope the next three weeks after it are even kinder. Good luck this week. And from all of us here at the Coaches Panel.